This is Daniel Fagella, head of research at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Researcher, listening to the AI and Business Podcast. This is one of our special Friday AI Futures episodes. In a previous episode with the president of the Mozilla Foundation, Mark Sermon, we talked about the transition to a generative internet and what that might look like. Mark's perspective is great because, it, of course, Mozilla is pretty darn close to the internet itself, and so the birth of the internet is something that he knows well, and he had some great ideas about where it might take us as it gets generative. In this episode, we go even a bit further into what a day in the life might be like when the world is more generative. We This includes an entire sort of walkthrough of what a child's life might be like, born into a world where hyper-personalized personal assistants are everywhere, learning is completely hyper-customized, and life is absolutely different than we see it today. And our guest comes from a very different place than Mark Sermon, who is in the nonprofit world. Florian Detau is the co-founder and CEO of Dataiku, arguably one of the more exciting AI unicorns in all of Europe. Florian's company works in all sorts of industries as an AI platform in life sciences and banking and beyond. But thinking about AI and thinking about where it's going to take business obviously forces Florian to think about the world we're stepping into. He needs to build a product that's viable into the future. And as it turns out, thankfully, he's thought a good deal about the future. So in this episode, Florian breaks down an example of sort of what life immersed in generative AI might look like. And his walkthrough of sort of the life of a child, I thought was a very fun example to be able to kick things off with. So again, I hope this is eye-opening for those of you who are tuned in. If you're interested in the far future of AI, we have a new newsletter and podcast called The Trajectory, which is focused on the power dynamics of artificial intelligence and where AI is taking us into the future. To learn more about The Trajectory newsletter and podcast, you can go to emerj.com slash tj one. That's T as in Thomas, J as in Jerry, and then the number one, emerj.com slash TJ1, and learn more about the Trajectory newsletter and podcast if you're interested in these AI futures topics. Without further ado, we've got a fun discussion to dive into with the CEO of one of Europe's hottest AI unicorns, Florian Dataiku. Florian, welcome to the program. Glad to have you here. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Today, we get to travel a little bit into the future. In this world of generative AI, Florian, even on Twitter, among people that are extremely sharp on the technology side, a lot of the excitement is, oh, wow, our chatbots are going to be great, or wow, we're going to be able to design logos. People really aren't thinking about the radical shifts to how business will operate and even kind of human life day to day will alter. What are the things you think people are missing about the pretty big changes ahead in, let's say, the coming you know, decade or so? Yeah. Operating in the field of technology, data, and AI for quite some time, it's, of course, something I'm, I'm interested in. And uh, on top of that, I do have kids. So they're pretty old now, my own kids. But do you have kids, Dan, yourself? I don't. I don't. I have a twin brother, though, and he has a two-year-old. So she's very, very oh. young. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of my thinking, and I, I actually wrote some uh, stories and essays about that, is what is the life of the children living through AI, the children of AI? Imagine a kid born today. First step is like, what will be education for such a kid? How do they actually learn to read? How do they actually learn to speak? It could be just because parenting is hard that they actually start reading, start talking with an AI first. And so their first, their first interaction is with an AI, maybe they actually start to learn English 
the AI way with English words they can invent because they have their own AI talking with them and start having their first vocabulary. Most likely, they start having personal assistant from their, the day they're born, which is actually uh, recording most of the things they say or have or whatever, and that they tweak over time. And probably that tweaking such personal assistant from, the, from age three to age 12 is a very, very, very popular habit. Having like really this personal assistant helping you for uh, lots of discussion and uh, so forth. And depending on how rich your parents are, this uh, personal assistant has like, I don't know, many gigabytes, terabytes, parameters, or what so on. But like really, if your parents are paying the premium subscription, it can go faster in terms of like delivering, delivering, delivering with you uh, custom content, like the new Netflix. I suppose it will be, uh, but I'm not sure whether this subscription will be as cheap as Netflix or like 10 times the amount. It's very hard to know right now, <laughs> or to guess right now. And so you can further imagine. And then there is also downsides to it, I can imagine. You, you can imagine all of the upside in terms of education, access to knowledge. I, I do believe that, for instance, kids could learn to read. Probably most of them are four or five with an AI, just as an instance, or, or learn quicker. But the downside is that in, in the world of AI, if you're a kid, everybody in your classroom can actually generate any kind of content, including content about you. So bullying with AI can actually become like very, very easy. And your notion of like what's real, what's not real, could also become more difficult to grasp, just because every, everything could become very relative in terms of like images or content content you see. So your definition of thing that, for instance, to some extent, the definition of truth, the definition of reality is a social construct. Meaning, let's get a specific example. When we read to ChatGPT as of today, even ChatGPT4, we are sometimes a bit worried by hallucination. And the most uh, funny ones are when uh, ChatGPT is uh, generating some text with uh, scientific quotes that are completely made up. And we think it's uh, very bad as an hallucination because the social construct of human beings as of today is that it makes no sense to invent scientific, to quote the scientific in a wrong way. Like it makes literally no, no sense from a, the, the perspective of our current human brain. But the kids that are going through AI and various assistants and generative AI as they grow up might just have a shift in terms of their perception of like what's agreeable as truth. And so we'll see that, I think, shifting also through time. There's so much to unpack here. I'd love to dive in if I could, Florian, with you. So a few, few things you brought up. I, I love that we're going there now, which is really thinking about the future of, of the human experience day to day. I, I think there's a reasonable chance. I'd love your thoughts on this. So this idea of sort of the subscriptions and this ongoing personal assistant. I'll touch in on a short question first. I'd love your thoughts on this. And then there's some much deeper stuff about the future you're painting. The first wave of, let's call it consumer AI. So if I think about when did I use AI for the longest amount of time without knowing just as a consumer, it was in the directions for my car when I go use Waze for my GPS. It was on Facebook. It was on YouTube, right? It was these recommendation albums, Amazon, things like that. It was ultimately outside of maybe that car directions example, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Amazon, it's aiming to get as much attention from me as it can, or, or in Amazon's case, to get me to, to purchase as much as it can. And I'm, I'm not calling that immoral by any means. I'm just saying that's the motive of the, the first wave was in some level kind of distractive based on an engagement. I suspect there will be this future wave that you're articulating, which will be augmenting our desires, telling me how to achieve my goals telling me, reminding me when to go to sleep based on 
uh, how well I want to perform tomorrow on a certain work task or something like that. There will be this kind of agency augmenting AI versus, let's say, YouTube, which wants to suck up my attention and have me stay up all night watching YouTube videos every single night. My suspicion is the second one is free because it's advertising and other ways of monetizing me. The one that augments my agency, I will have to pay for because how else could you trust that it's it's really furthering your motives unless you're the one paying? I can never really trust Facebook as serving me specifically because it's serving me up as advertising inventory. And again, I'm not calling that morally wrong. Do you see it that way? In other words, do you see this this past wave versus future wave? And and you talked about the billing. It's so hard to know how expensive it'll be, but I'd love your your thoughts on agency versus non-agency kind of AI stuff. Yeah, I think that as, as you point out, there will be, I do believe that there will be more paid subscription because they, they, they are akin to what we consider today being well-being. And so if you pay for uh, your uh, spa or your sports club, why not pay for the AI that helps you uh, actually uh, write messages, email, uh, update, your, uh, update your calendar, uh, give you some advice, and yeah, possibly act as a, as a friendliness proxy from time to time. So, and I also do think that those systems might learn, well, we all have our own habits in terms of how we speak, uh, what we like, how we interact and so forth. So I do suspect that those systems will slightly learn over you that you will have the ability to customize them from uh, time to time. So you will want to be able to keep them over the years. So yeah, I think it's a good subscription business because good retention. Once you, once you're Absolutely. happy with your own personal assistant, would that be a work personal assistant or personal life yeah. personal assistant? I think you will want actually to keep it. So it's a good subscription business, I think. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good way to think about it. Yes, because the lock-in will truly like some people like using Amazon because when they do their Christmas shopping, it already kind of knows what to recommend based on what they've bought. But this is a totally next level of that, right? This is way, way, way better than that. So I like the idea of kind of how that lock-in could be reinforced. You also touched on some things that there's a lot more to explore about here around sort of subjectiveness and reality. At a very high level, there are many people, Florian, you probably talk to them every week, who genuinely believe that, you know, 200 years in the future, humans will always want to go play physical sports, talk to physical human friends, etc. And, and they'll say always. And for all I know, you, you may share this opinion too. M my belief is that these children born into the virtual being more real than the real will really not have the same sacredness around the world of atoms that maybe, let's say, my parents have. They just won't have the same sacredness. And there's a lot of things that may change radically. You mentioned a child may learn English. And because it's just talking to an AI, it can kind of make up its own language. There might be words that other people don't use, but it's spinning up its own sense of meaning with this bot in whatever way that works for it, because it's all about this audience of one experience. Could we also see things like friendship potentially being subsumed, not necessarily in a dystopic way, but maybe in a way that many people prefer. You know, maybe they'd like a friend that's infinitely wise, that has the most pleasant voice tone ever, that never annoys them, that doesn't have any of its own agenda, and that is able to console them emotionally, consult them business-wise, otherwise. Might it make sense that that would be the richest, most robust kind of friendship that there is, and maybe even preferable in a romantic sense or a friendship sense than, than human relationships? Let me know if you think we're getting too far, but I, I think this is the road you're painting here. 
I think it's hard to to know how much dystopian the future will be, but I think there will definitely be some trends towards that. I don't know if there will be uh, the majority of uh, humankind of like or just trends. I, I also do think that indeed there will be uh, just because of the need of the physical reality and let's say necessity to actually diminish the amount of material we use as human being, climate change impact or alike. You have to actually move consumption towards more uh, digital worlds. And so indeed, if uh, instead of having to, to travel or buy something in order to actually get the reward, if you can get it more virtually one way or another, indeed, think uh, that it will be happening just because it will be less expensive and, and more rewarding for humans to sometimes virtually travel one way or another. I, I think so. I mean, I think the way that people are going to go into this, Florian, I'd love your thoughts, but I think they're going to go in to try to virtually travel to places they really want to go to, right? You guys are based in Paris. Many people want to physically or virtually travel to Paris. But I think if you really are engaging with an AI system that's generating precisely what is adventurous and exciting and interesting for you, it's not going to be a real city. It might have dragons flying in the sky. It might have, it might have the sky might be purple, Florian. There might be, you know, lava flows and, you know, people juggling things. There might be all sorts of things that don't exist even in the real world, things that break our sense of physics, but are much more interesting as an environment to explore. I think people are going to go in and say, oh, yeah, it'll replace travel. I'll just go to the same town in Greece, just in VR, or in augmented, mm. you know, generative AI VR. But I actually think it gets wildly far beyond that. And that pretty soon people no, I... explode past that stuff. Yeah, I think it's meaning. If we, someone who would be telling, who would have told us 20, 25 years ago that people will spend for some people will spend four or five hours a day or sometimes the whole night watching movies, streamings over the internet, they would have looked crazy back 25 years, 25 years ago. <laughs> so indeed, I think there will be generative AI will to some extent capture human imagination. And the question is there, what's left? For humans, in, especially in the domain of like creativity, there is a question of like what is the role of the artist also. Like, so if back if I'm a kid born today, what kind of job should I be doing when I'm 20? And for instance, what does it mean to have any kind of like to be an artist, to be an artist in the world of generative AI? If painting, if writing great text is becoming kind of like a commodity, what does it mean to be an artist? It will probably be radically different. Yeah. And speaking of radically different, I'd love your thoughts on some of these elements of day-to-day -day life that maybe we haven't touched on yet. You know, some people, again, they look forward 200 years and they basically can only see today, but with nicer iPhones. Maybe they're shinier, the cameras are better or something like that. You know, you can think a good deal beyond that. What are going to be some things in the future that you suspect this next generation, these people raised in this technology might keep the same as we have today? In other words, where might their lives be similar? Where do you suspect their lives will be most divergent in terms of how they live day to day compared to, let's say, how you and I grew up in our, our teens, our 20s, our early 30s? Well, I think they will keep, they will probably keep food <laughs> and eating. <laughs> and back if you, I think that, well, I do hope that there will be this natural tension where we will have a need of uh, truth, of authenticity. And where every human will have from time to time this need to, to have part of his life being like very non-digital and possibly less digital than today. 
as wow. in like back yeah yeah back if you if you get to the, the, the topic of art maybe because creating music or creating art one way or another is becoming so so easy with ai you'll get back to see people on stage because seeing uh well seeing humans doing things live is the only way to know that it's like true yeah for instance so you will have i think a way back to things that are real concrete physical which is back to food the theater and all of that stuff and then yeah and the other way around i guess the way you the way you learn something the way you discover a place the way you prepare a travel or decide not to travel and so forth will be radically uh, different because you will have a, a very easy way to do so i think that even to some extent care you, you mentioned friendship but to some extent you can imagine that uh, some aspect of well taking care of yourself having a coach having uh, someone to help you in uh, moments in, in tough moments will be just different with AI because finding friends is to some extent easy, but like for lots of people, finding someone to talk to in difficult moments is actually difficult and it could become a commodity. I'm, I'm completely with you. And I, I think my personal opinion, I commend your suspicion that we may go back to more live events and music and whatnot. I, I couldn't possibly say that I agree, but I, I think you might be right. People might get sick of a certain amount of immersion as it gets more and more intense. I, I think the idea of a coach being constantly there is outlandishly plausible and and seems quite likely. It seems to me, you know, you brought up some interesting points around connection to truth and the fact that children might live in a world with this AI best friend and speak a language that other humans don't even understand because they've just come up with so many inside jokes and new things with this AI, which is a part of living, breathing life to them. It seems as though there's oversimplifying two paths to move forwards. You mentioned the right hemisphere, left hemisphere. This is another oversimplification, Florian, so pardon me. But it seems as though as we enter this generative AI world, there might be a crowd of people who really enter it for pleasure. I mean, there's a way to just experience whatever adult content or entertaining content or relaxing content that I might want. How do I want to feel? Man, I could just be bathed in exactly what calibrates that feeling. We might imagine biofeedback to make sure that exactly what I'm experiencing is what soothes me or what excites me or whatever the case may be, much better than the world of atoms ever could. And I could just go in to feel the way I want to feel. We might imagine there's another crowd of people that levels up with generative AI to do more, to be more impactful in the world, to be more productive, powerful, etc. It seems like, to your point, if enough people slip away from truth and kind of into what feels good or into these isolated experiences that only they and their little personal AI understand, who's going to keep the lights on? Who's going to keep the infrastructure running? You know, where, where's that all going to come from? These people are, these yeah. people will become dependents. How do we think about not yeah, having I, too I, many humans go there? Yeah, go I, ahead. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I, yeah. Especially in my, in the story I wrote, the kid that is born today, by the time they are 40 or 50, they have an issue because they can't find anyone to fix uh, the light in their, in their flat. Yeah. And literally, whatever amount of money and so forth, like no one is understanding how things are working anymore, yeah. especially like holistically. Yeah. Like knowledge is actually siloed everywhere and like and so on. So you can't find a way to maintain simple things. And I think that's indeed a, a potential issue, which is back to, it's beyond the question of like spending too much time in uh, virtual reality. It's uh, the fact that when you create such complex systems, there might be, yeah, you disconnect yourself for understanding the underlying truth. 
and their, your create risk in terms of uh, ability to maintain those. And so give a concrete example. Imagine today you can build a website already with generative AI. And typically junior developers, when they start being developers, start doing very simple things such as uh, building a simple website. So you could imagine five years from now that there is no incentive to be a junior developer, which means that 25 years from now, there is no senior developers. If there is no senior developers, how do you actually keep things up and running? So hopefully there is a, I'm very pessimistic and, uh, and don't see that obviously things will self-correct and that and so on. But the thing there is indeed a need of a risk of uh, some disconnect. Yeah. So do you think there's going to need to be some governance slash societal mechanisms to ensure that not everybody becomes just a pure escapist dependent on the machine for their, you know, swimming in blissful experiences all day long, but some people really, really are still allocated to and focused on the transmission of maintenance of these, these important skills? Yeah, I think there is, uh, well, the system you described, especially if they involve the complex biofeedbacks and so forth, could be essentially be very addictive. So to some extent, if they were to exist, they would be very similar in terms of, they could be very similar, meaning we are uh, talking about hypotheticals, to some drugs today. So there is, if you take the current societal norm, they could be regulated indeed in terms of usage and so forth. But then the other thing to be aware of is that when you describe, let's say, people uh, sleeping through the world of entertainment and uh, virtual pleasure and so forth, I think we also have to be cognizant of the fact that human beings, in order to enjoy life, also need some challenge, meaning there needs to be a game part to it. There needs to be like feeling that you do something, even if it's virtually. And so there is a question of like, and even when you do something, you need this uh, level of pleasure where you are actually gaming the system. So will both worlds be so far apart? It's not clear. I would just ask if you think this is plausible. I think, number one, you're absolutely correct. People require some sense of achievement. They want to see social accolades. They want to feel that they've built a skill, et cetera, et cetera. And I ask you, how easy might it be to simulate that? If I wanted to be James Bond and Elon Musk and Albert Einstein in the same week, and I wanted to feel the sense of that overcoming and feel a certain amount of challenge that kept me motivated, but not too much, because Florian, you and I have both known people with 130 IQ, very ambitious, who had a couple crushing blows and they never came back from it, Florian. You and I both know people like that. And so what if it was just the right amount of challenge to be optimally fulfilling, to keep us in flow? And what if this virtual pleasure was not just, you know, eating ice cream and having sex with some celebrity or something. What if it was this challenge? What if the great adventure, the blooming fulfillment of life was all entirely simulated? This does seem like a potential vacuum of that same energy that would keep the world running would get sucked up in a better way. Is there any way to prevent that? I mean, maybe you see it as unrealistic. I'd love your thoughts. No, well, I think it's, well, of course, we're talking about advances in order for this to be real advances of generative AI and virtual reality that are... Uh, well, not completely there yet, probably, for people to, to, to be really into it. But yeah, that's uh, plausible that we yeah, that's plausible that we get there. But at the end of the day, you could argue that in order to leverage the planet we are living today without consuming it at the same time, you also need well less use of material goods and more time uh, spent on digital. So yeah. 
So there, there's pressures both ways, Florian, it sounds like. Well, and you, you mentioned the AI technology is not there yet. The good news for you and me is that it's moving very slow. So we probably won't see very much change in the next couple of years. So anyway, I'm sure two months after we record this, there will be some gigantic additional breakthrough that we'll have a you know reason to discuss at some future date. But Florian, it's been a lot of fun being able to unpack the future. I wanted to make sure we could do a whole session on this. I look forward to seeing your sort of essay on this topic. And I appreciate you joining us again. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Dan. That's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. Thanks for joining me again in this AI Futures episode. I've had a lot of fun being able to spend more of my time as an editor and a researcher here at Emerge focused on the far future. And I am grateful that there are so many of you that have been enjoying this conversation as well. This is one of the reasons I started an entirely new podcast and newsletter focused on the farther AI future and the power dynamics of AI as we move forward into the world. You can check out that newsletter and learn more about the Trajectory podcast at emerj.com slash tj1. That's emerj.com slash tj1. That's all for this episode. A big thank you to Florian for being able to join us. And thank you to you, our listeners, for being here the entire time for this full episode. We'll catch you back in our normal agenda of AI adoption and use cases kicking off next Tuesday. And I look forward to catching you in a future AI Futures episode.